Now, it's not just the United States these days where it feels like all the politics has just become so polarized. We are not immune to this here in Canada. And I've often heard people ask the question, how did we get here? How did it become like this? We're almost afraid to have a conversation with someone that includes some politics in there. Well, it could be because of the language we use when it comes to talking about our political opinions. Yeah, it could be about how we talk about it. This is something our next guest has been researching. Gustavo Navoa is a doctoral candidate in political science at Columbia University and joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Simi. How do we talk about politics? Are we not polite enough with each other? We're probably not polite enough, but... Um more specifically, it's um, one of the problems that we have is as people, we generally like to sort of lump things into categories and to assume that the things in those categories are more alike than they are. Um, so basically what in, in the U.S. context, we like to say Democrats are this way and Republicans are that way. And even though Republicans and Democrats do have pretty different views in the United States, those larger groups, and they are very large groups, are, of course, made up of many smaller groups. And those smaller groups have big distinctions between them. Um, so Republican men and Republican women might feel differently about things. But we like to lump things together. We like to say, this is how this party is. Um, you know, like the Liberal Party in Canada, it's, it's all this way. Uh, and the Republicans in the U.S. are all that way. Um, it's something that is very basic to human nature and, and something we find very comforting and helpful, I think. Okay, so are you saying that we make assumptions? Yeah, we make assumptions that, that sort of flatten the world. Um, we, we make generalizations is the word I would use. Um, so basically, we like to paint a, a more simple picture of what things look like, particularly around things like politics that can be very divisive and they can be inflammatory. Um, so it, rather than them being a gray and, and complicated picture, it's just a lot easier to think of it as, you know, us versus them, the good guys versus the bad guys. And to whatever extent that may or may not be true in, in different contexts, whatever the other side is or your own side, it's always more complicated than just to say the people on this side are, are like that and the people on on the other side are this some other way. Okay. And so when you were studying language, how, what did you see in our language patterns, like the words that we use that contribute to this kind of polarization and these assumptions? So what we studied is a type of language called the generic. And it's a sort of like making a, a, a generalized statement. Um, it's just a little bit more specific. So for example, um, birds lay eggs. You know, we, we generally accept it to be true, but male birds don't lay eggs um, and uh, baby birds don't lay eggs either. But we generally accept, obviously, birds lay eggs. Uh, we don't say many birds lay eggs. We say birds lay eggs. So in that same way, we kind of drop the quantifier. So instead of saying many, some birds, um, another, another example that I always like is that mosquitoes carry malaria. In reality, very, very few mosquitoes carry malaria. But it's important to know that a mosquito might have malaria, so we say mosquitoes carry malaria. So when we talk about our own party or the other party, in particular the, the other party, or some other party in, in the Canadian context, um, what we like to do is we like to squash them, uh, flatten them, the complexity of that party, of the people in it. So rather than saying, you know, the Liberal Party believes uh, many in the Liberal Party or some in the Liberal Party or 30% in the Liberal Party believe blank, we say 
the Liberal Party or Liberal Party members believe blank. And we just leave it at that. Okay, I get this. I can totally see this because then the other person, well, they kind of get defensive, don't they, Gustavo? They get a little, they get their backs up a little bit because they're thinking, well, you don't even know me and you're making assumptions about me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really difficult because this is a tendency we have. And, and um, from the study, we find that even when we tell people with the quantifier version, with the specific version, we say some Democrats feel this way, some Republicans feel that way. We found that when we asked them later, people remembered it as the generic version. So even if I tell you in a conversation, you know, some Republicans believe this thing. Later on, you might remember it as I said, Republicans believe this thing. So and then if you then communicate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's another assumption. Um, the, the biggest problem, though, is that if that's how you remember that and you go around communicating that to other people, we found that when people hear Republicans believe this, they think it's a more it's a higher percentage of Republicans than even if I said many Republicans believe this. When you use the generic, it just sounds like the whole group is this one consistent monolith. Right. So and then, that's really so the, people the, get the defensive as a result and they probably retrench themselves right into that belief. And then they, they look for people who are the same because they think, well, I'm not going to be they're not going to make assumptions about me. Absolutely. Um, so for, for our own in-group, we, we find that uh, people like a, a not quite, you know, the most complicated picture, but a, a more complicated picture than, than for the out-group. So, you know, they get offended and, and they say, you know, that's, that's not all of us, whatever it is that you said. I'm going to retreat back to my group where, you know, they I'm accept safe. different people and, and we don't all have to think the same way. Right. Okay. This makes complete sense to me. So then, Gustavo, what can we learn from this? Like, Do we all just need to be more careful with these assumptions? Yeah, we need to be more careful. We need to sort of look into where things are coming from. I mean, an issue is that because this is a human nature and it's very appealing to people to hear things put in this way, uh, the media likes, likes it as well. Um, just because the media is also made up of humans, just, just like researchers and just like uh, voters and everyone else. Uh, so when we hear these things, we need to sort of try to look into them more. If we want to talk about them, we should see, you know, how many of these of this group actually feels this way. So to what extent is this group a monolith about this issue or not? So it's almost two parts, right? Because at first, if you're going to if you love to talk about politics, and I know in the United States, people love to talk about politics, it's <laughs> to stop using those blanket terms. And then on the other side of that equation, people also have to stop assuming that they're all being lumped in together. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there, there's lots of issues where you will find overwhelming consensus within one party or another. That's absolutely true. And in that case, if you want to use a general statement, I, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to do. But in our research, we found that if one party, no one believed uh, in a particular statement, and the other party believed uh, 20% of the other party did, then people sometimes would use the generic because of that difference. They want to highlight that difference. They want to highlight the differences between the two groups to make it more simple. One party believes X, the other party believes Y. So we just need to be more careful and just a little bit less lazy in the way that we think about parties and, and the way that we talk about politics in yeah, general. A little bit more considerate. Oh, Gustavo, thank you so much. That was so interesting.
Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me, Simi. That's Gustavo Novoa, who is a doctoral candidate in political science at Columbia University and has studied the use of, of language and political debate and finds that the, what's contributed to polarization is the use of language, That the fact that we assume, right, you lump people in together. Great, Just the way he described it was so great. Like you assume if you're a Democrat, well, then you must be X, Y, Z. No, not all people who say they're a Democrat are X, Y, Z. But we make those assumptions. And then you do that, people get they get their backs up about it, they kind of retrench in their beliefs, and that contributes to polarization. That makes perfect sense to me. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.